This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. The officers were commanding the suspect to stop. Instead of doing so, he turned toward them with pistol in hand. When he turned toward them with the gun, East Precinct Flex Officer Wesley McClelland fired on the suspect. He was hit. The Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Police did attempt to serve an active arrest warrant on a wanted subject. As the police officers attempted to take the suspect into custody, uh, in the Fox Tower parking garage, he did point a firearm at them. The Mashantucket Police Tribal Police uh, ordered the subject to drop his weapon. However, he did not comply. At least one Mashantucket Police Officer did discharge uh, one round from his duty weapon uh, at the subject. The subject then fell off the fourth level of the Fox Tower parking garage onto a paved driveway below. The Mashantucket Tribal Police officers rendered aid to the individual. However, the subject was pronounced deceased. TBI special agents are investigating an officer-involved shooting that occurred early this morning along Highway 641 in Decatur County. The preliminary investigation indicates that deputies with the Decatur County Sheriff's Office were responding to a report of a robbery at the Marathon gas station situated on Highway 641 at exit 126 right off of Interstate 40. Deputies developed a subject and spotted the vehicle described in the robbery driving along 641 not far from that Marathon station. Deputies set up a rolling roadblock in an effort to stop that vehicle. However, the vehicle drove off the road and down in an embankment in an apparent effort to avoid authorities. Some deputies went down to the embankment while others stayed up on the road. During an altercation between deputies and the subject, shots were fired at the driver of the car. The driver was the only individual in the vehicle. He was deceased at the scene. A firearm was recovered from this person. That individual has been identified. Armed home robbery ends with a police officer killing a man in Westminster near two schools just before kids went home. Tonight, one man is dead and four people are still on the loose. And Denver 7 reporter Liz Gillardi joins us live now from Westminster. Liz. And, and during that robbery, the suspects punched the victim in the face and pointed a gun at him. So police knew they were dealing with potentially dangerous and violent suspects when they ran into one of them here just a few blocks away. I knew something was going on, like it didn't look like a like a traffic stop. On the run, over their radios, police heard a description of the suspects after a violent robbery at this home. One got away on a motorcycle. And then the cop car was following behind him and kind of bumped it, looking like he's you know trying to get him off of the motorcycle. The motorcycle crashed and the man took off running through this complex. I was talking to my neighbor, she came out and... She said that she saw the suspect run through there, and the cops kept asking him to stop. He didn't stop. 
Police blocked off a large area as crime scene investigators combed through two scenes, 121st and Huron, and the home where the robbery happened. Four other suspects got away. Police think three men and a woman are in a silver Chevy Malibu full of stolen items, including a bike. I saw a bunch of other officers show up, um, some with, you know, pretty big guns. And once we saw the guns, we moved away from the windows. Residents are glad no one else was hurt. This all happening around the time schools dismissed for the day. Usually um, around 3.30, there's at least 10, 15 kids out here playing at you know, it was really upsetting to see them chasing through our neighborhood. Yeah, a lot of neighbors out here caught off guard this afternoon. We know two officers fired their guns, but the suspect did not fire his weapon. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I am your host, Vincent Hill, coming to you, of course, from Atlanta, Georgia. It's Tuesday. It's 8 p.m. You could be anywhere, but you're right here listening to me, Beyond the Badge, on RadioInfluence.com, the hottest thing in radio. I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you each and every week that you tune in and you listen to this crazy black ex-cop talking about police cases from a police point of view and from a black point of view. And I got to tell you, I'm just back from New York City. I was up there this past Saturday. I was on MSNBC. I was on Fox News twice. I'm becoming a regular on Fox News, and hey, I appreciate it that they like to have me back. They like to get my perspective on things. And of course, the topic was Charlotte, North Carolina, and the shooting death of Keith Scott. And I'll tell you about those sound bites I played here in a few minutes as we go along. I'll tell you about those and why they're significant and why have they been ignored. But Let's get to that in a little bit. Let's get to Keith Scott. So this shooting happened September 20th. Keith Scott gets into a confrontation with police. Still unclear how it happened, what happened, how it escalated, whatever. But the family claimed from day one that he was not armed. He had a book and police just killed him for no reason. So now, of course, first there was a family member, I believe the wife, who videotaped it on her cell phone. The only problem is it doesn't show the shooting, right? And everyone made this conclusion that the police were dead wrong because you can hear her say, oh, he doesn't have a weapon. Well, that's what she said. Oh, you can hear her say, oh, he has a TBI, traumatic brain injury. That's what she said. Oh, you can also hear her say, Keith, please get out of the car. Keith, don't do it. Keith, don't do it. Don't do what? Because if her story was correct from the beginning, if he was only armed with a book, what is she telling him not to do? Not to get out and throw the book at the police? Not to turn the page in the book? Not to put the bookmarker in the book? What is she telling him not to do? So, of course, the city of Charlotte demanded the video, the Black Lives Matter movement, all the protesters, I'm not even including the rioters because they were just there to get personal gain for themselves. But all the protesters, all of the civil rights organizations demanded from this black police chief as if he would lie to the black community with everything going on with police. As if he would lie, they demanded to see the videotape. And guess what? 
the body cam and the dash cam video doesn't really show anything either. Besides a gun, a holster at uh, Keith Scott's ankle, and there's still footage, still camera shots of the gun that was recovered. Now, some people have said, oh, they planted the gun. Well, first it was a book. Now you're blaming officers for planting a gun. Because, you know, in 2016, you know, with all the officers in this country knowing that anytime they step out, especially if they're white, anytime they step out, there's 20 cell phone cameras going, yeah, they would be brave enough and stupid enough to plant a gun at the scene. So the video gets released, the dash cam, the body cam. It's real jumpy. You can't tell what happened. You can't really see the shooting. You can hear the shooting. You can hear the commands that you even heard on the wife's cell phone video of drop the gun, drop the gun, drop the gun. So to me, now I've been out of policing for a while, but to me, when I hear the term drop the gun, that means someone has a gun. Now, let me play devil's advocate. Oh, could it have been a book? Mm. Maybe if it was 2.30 in the morning and it was pitch black and all you saw was a long object in his hand, maybe it could have been a book. But at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a clear sunny day, the officers who are highly trained, contrary to what people say, who are highly trained, saw a gun. So shots were fired. It's that simple. Shots were fired when he refused to drop the gun. So now, even after the video has been released by police, even though they shouldn't have, because it is evidence in a case, evidence in a death investigation, whether it's justifiable homicide or if it's determined it's unjustifiable homicide, it is still evidence in an investigation which shouldn't be released just because you get punked out by some organization that is going to go block your streets, go disrupt society from doing what they have to do. The video comes out, people are still protesting. Oh, the video is it's unclear. It, it doesn't give answers. Well, I could have told you that. I think people were under this misconception, this misguided idea that this video was going to be like a Hollywood police shooting where everything's in like slow motion and it's crystal clear and you can see everything and then you know, maybe the bullet comes out in slow motion and you can actually see the gunpowder going into the air. You know, I really don't know what people were thinking, but what I can tell you from being there and being in the heat of the moment in the battle, first of all, you're not standing still where you're going to get this clear shot of what's happening. You, as an officer, are going to find the most tr strategic and tactical place to fire your weapon. You may be behind a vehicle. You may be behind a tree. You may be running backwards. You may be running forward. You're not going to be still, and it's not going to be this crystal clear image of what went down. But here is what we can take at word. There were witnesses who have come forward and said, yes, Keith Scott had a gun. All of the officers on the scene had the same account. Could it be possible that all of those officers on the scene lied? It could be, but I highly doubt it. Because remember, anytime an officer steps out of their vehicle, they know someone 
is recording. I don't care if that officer gets out to pick up a piece of trash and throw it in the trash can. Someone is watching police at all times. It doesn't matter what the officer or officers are doing. Someone is watching. So the theory that all of the officers involved would have the same lie is ridiculous. Now let's look at a few other things that are ridiculous. Now, everyone is saying it's racial. Everyone is saying it's about the black community and the racial disparity amongst police in the black community. Well, here's the thing. The officer who fired the shot is black. Now, do you think, remember, a gun on the scene by the suspect? I'm not going to call him a victim. I'm going to call him what he was, a suspect. Whether the police were initially looking for him or not, the minute he did not comply with commands, it made him a suspect. So you have a black officer, a black suspect, a black gun. Now, the only color, the only color that mattered at that exact moment to that officer and the other officers on the scene was the color of the gun, i.e., the gun was the only thing that mattered. I guess, in a way, you could say black guns matter. Hell, any gun matters if it's at the scene and it's used in a threatening way towards police. Okay, now, I was on MSNBC this, this weekend while I was up in New York, and the guy I shared the panel with, you know, Cool guy, I respect him. He's uh, the, the CEO of Color of Change. So we had a great conversation. It wasn't combative. It wasn't this great debate. We, you know, made our points. He agreed with some. I agreed with some. But we kept it civil. But anyway, he mentioned that North Carolina being an open carry state. Okay, well, let's talk about an open carry state. Georgia, I have a carry permit. Now, I know if I get pulled by police, pulled over by police, I'm not going to be crazy enough just because I have a carry permit to get out of my car with my gun showing where they think that I may be a threat to them, right? That only makes sense. Nor am I going to, since I have a carry permit, decide, well, I'm on this traffic stop, but while I'm waiting and while the officer's talking to me, let me just pull out my gun and just keep it by my side just because I have a carry permit. Why would I not do that? Because at that exact moment, and whether the officer knows or not has nothing to do with you having a, a carry permit has nothing to do if whether a you won't be a threat to the officer or b the officer doesn't feel threatened because chances are in the heat of the moment they're not going to know nor are they going to care that you have a carry permit it makes no difference if the threat of imminent bodily injury our death are presented to the police officer. You can have a carrier permit. It can be signed by the Congress. It can be signed by the president. It could be signed by Jesus. It could be signed by all 12 disciples. But in that exact moment, it means nothing to the perceived threat against the officer. You can argue that all you want, but that is the truth. Just as if I was a citizen, a citizen approached me, who had a carry permit, he pulls his gun on me, I pull my gun on him and shoot him, I'm not going to say, sir, do you have a carry permit? 
before I pull that trigger? No, I'm not. But what I am going to do as a citizen of this United States, which is afforded my right just as a police officer, I'm going to defend my life against imminent bodily injury or death. It's that simple. So then people want to argue that, oh, his wife says he has a, a traumatic brain injury. Well, again, how do the police officers know that? Because let's be really, 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 really honest. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. People lie to the police all the time. So for her to say he has a traumatic brain injury means nothing. And B, in the heat of the moment, in the escalation period, in the split second decision making, whether he had a traumatic brain injury or not is irrelevant because when the officer perceives a threat against their life or the lives of their other officers or the community, having a traumatic brain injury has nothing to do with whether you're going to point that gun, pull the trigger, and kill a police officer. So it is irrelevant. So you can argue that all you want, that, oh, he had a traumatic brain injury. Well, what difference does it make? Now, again, ask yourself, if you were out in the public and someone walked up to you, you're armed, they pull a gun on you. Sir, before I shoot you to protect my life, do you suffer from a traumatic brain injury? Are you on medication for psychological problems? You're not going to ask that. And you should not and cannot assume that police are supposed to put their lives in danger because they are afforded the same rights as you to protect themselves in that split second decision making that all of these people that are protesting and in an uproar and said it could have went this way, it could have gone that way, have no idea of what they're talking about. So now let's look at this big picture, right? Gun, black guy, black officer, white officers on the scene. Oh, it's just this unjustified killing that always goes on in the community. He's the victim. He shouldn't have died this way. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, they found the gun. It had his DNA on it. And yeah, although he smoked weed, he didn't have to die. You're right. Smoking weed is not a death sentence. But what is a death sentence is when you point a gun at a police officer. But let's look a little further. Like you know I love to do here on Beyond the Badge so you can get a clear understanding of what is going on. Keith Scott, this perfectly good father who loved to pick up his son while reading books, right? Let's see. In 1990s charged with multiple offenses, including check fraud, aggravated assault, carrying a concealed weapon. Huh. He later moved to Texas. 2002, he was convicted and sentenced to seven years in prison. Ag assault. Ag assault with a deadly weapon. But wait, get this. In 2005, while police were trying to stop him for driving erratic because he had multiple DUIs, guess what he did? Wait for it. Wait for it. He fired a gun at police. What? The innocent father who just loved to pick up his son while reading a book has a criminal history in Texas of firing a gun at police? 
It can't be, right? It can't be, right? So while we're protesting this down in Charlotte, what are we really protesting? And I won't say we because I don't agree with it at all. But while the city of Charlotte and all of those people that get planted in these cities every time this happens, while you're down there protesting, what are you protesting? Because look at this big picture. Look at his criminal history. Ag assault. Ag assault with a deadly weapon. Carrying a concealed weapon. Shooting a gun at police. So, are you saying that he found Jesus in that seven-year stretch and he wouldn't have shot a gun at police again? I'm going to say no to that. And here's why I say no. Because his wife even said it. Keith, don't do it. Keith, don't do it. Go listen to the tape. Go watch her video. She says, Keith, don't do it. Don't do it, Keith. Don't pop, pop, pop. Oh, they shot him. He better be alive. He better be alive. No, no, no. Because, as you know, when police pull that trigger, their objective, their goal is to eliminate the threat, especially a threat that has a gun, right? So, oh, yeah, I know. Shoot him in the leg. Shoot the gun out of his hand. You know, that magical movie that police wanted or people wanted to see in the police dash cam and body cam. That's what they wanted. But that is not reality. The reality is when you approach an officer with deadly force, the officer does not, will not, is not required to de-escalate. What they are required to do is meet deadly force with deadly force to make sure they go home, to make sure their partners go home, and to make sure everyone in that parking lot where Keith Scott was walking around with a gun goes home alive. That is their objective. So protest, riot, do whatever you want. But the fact is, you're being manipulated by mass media of the facts. You've been manipulated, hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray by mass media of the facts. You know, I was on, on Fox and Friends last Thursday, I believe it was, and right before I went on, they played the soundbite of Hillary Clinton talking about, of course, uh, Keith Scott, in Tulsa, and she said, here we are again, adding two more black men to the list killed by police because of the systematic racial inequality in the black community and against police. And my response to that when they went to me was, well, let me ask Hillary Clinton this. Can she name the 544 black males killed in the city of Chicago, where her president is from, by the way, killed by other black males. She can't do it. The Black Lives Matter can't do it. Al Sharpton can't do it. Benjamin Crump can't do it. Then I ask, can she name the 11 who had died the week before Keith Scott, who was armed with the gun, mind you, with police? She can't do it. But those 11 black men were killed in the city of Chicago by other black men. But I know, right? I, I, I know. I know what you're saying. It's still only a black problem where black males are being shot and killed by police almost on a daily basis, right? Wrong. Because remember those sound bites that I played at the beginning of the show 
and they talked about suspects with guns who pointed guns at police. Guess what? They were white. Guess what? They were shot by white officers. Guess what? They're dead. And you know why they were shot? The same reason. Guns. You point a gun at police, you're going to get shot. But here's the kicker. I'm going to read off some names that I'm sure Hillary Clinton, President Obama, the Department of Justice, Al Sharpton, Benjamin Crump, whoever else, Jesse Jackson, whoever else, the city of Charlotte, have no idea who I'm talking about. Let me read them out for you. Thomas Tucker, Sandy Joe Duke, Michael Goodall, Charles Dove, Joshua Scott. Now, one of these, they were actually shot and killed by police in Nashville, where I patrolled that. But here's what's ironic about that. They were killed by police, mind you, by white officers the same day Keith Scott was shot and killed by a black police, a black police officer in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, do you still think that this only happens in the black community? Black Lives Matter movement, President Obama, Hillary Clinton, Al Sharpton, Benjamin Crump. Do you really think this only happens in the black community or or let's just think about this. And, and I've said it before, but let's think about it and let it really sink in now that I just listed five names. Crime brings police, not color. So in two of these cases, they were robbery suspects, right? Police approached. They ran. They pointed guns at police. One, they were attempting to serve a warrant. Guess what he did? He pointed a gun at police. He died. Does that sound like a black problem? Does it sound like oppression? No. It sounds like crime bringing police to the scene, whether it's the armed robbery whether they're going to serve a warrant and the actions of the suspect, not victim, the action of the suspect forcing the police to use deadly force, a gun pointed at police, police fire, and they kill the suspect. Five, one, two, three, four, five. Let me say it in German. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf. Five white males killed on the same day as Keith Scott in Charlotte. But do we see protest? Do we see riots? Are bricks being thrown at police? Are there signs everywhere? Is the president making speeches? Is the presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton, who can't even stand up half the time, making speeches? No, she's not. She's been shh, quiet because I say it again. The black community has been hoodwinked. They're pulling a wool over your eyes for votes, for votes. It has nothing to do with anything but votes. But here's the sad part. So many in the black community are foolish enough to fall for it and not think for themselves and not research for themselves, 
You know, I saw a post on Facebook where it said, why can't I just move to a place where they love black people? And I was thinking, well, hell, don't take your butt to Chicago because black people don't even like black people in Chicago. Don't take your butt to St. Louis because black people don't even like black people in St. Louis. Don't go to Baltimore because black people don't even like black people in Baltimore. So your 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 options are very limited of where you can move. And it's not the white community, really, that you need to worry about. It's not the police, really, that you need to worry about. I fear more for my son walking out of my house as a black kid, even though he's mixed, he's considered black. I fear more for, for him that something would happen by another black male well more than I think something could happen to him at the hands of police. You know why? Because I train him how to deal with police. And every parent in this country, black, white, whatever, should train their child how to deal with police. More importantly, train them not to do crime. So do you think that those five names I just read off, you don't think they have mothers? You don't think they have fathers? You don't think they're grieving right now? But do you see them out throwing up signs, throwing bricks at police, protesting? No, because they live by the principle of, guess what, accountability. So all of these groups, the Black Lives Matter, the Department of Justice, the Democratic Party, for all I care, for the last eight years, don't want to hold anyone accountable for their actions except for police. Now, in the justice system, everyone is innocent to proven guilty, right? Unless, unless you wear a badge and gun, then you are guilty until proven innocent. And then after that, you're still guilty just because you wear a badge and gun. I heard one civil rights person in, in Charlotte say, oh, it doesn't matter. The officer was black. He wore a blue uniform. Really? So essentially what you just told that black officer is his black life didn't matter because you'd rather see him dead than Keith Scott, someone who, by the way, had shot at police before, someone who, by the way, has a long history of assault with deadly weapon. You'd rather see the black officer dead than Keith Scott, right? Because it fits your agenda of the white racist systematic system that is keeping the black man down. Hoodwinked. Wait, wait, I got more. So let's look at Austin Bear shot and killed the day after Keith Scott. I bet anyone listening to this show, anyone in the mass media, anyone in the Black Lives Matter movement, anyone at the DOJ has not heard his name. You know why? Because he's a male white killed by a white police officer. But I thought, I thought for the last eight years that we've been told it only happens in the black community because of racism. So how do we explain the six names that I just called off? How do we explain that? I know how we explain it. Because these individuals chose a life, chose actions that led to their death. Now, I don't want to sound too callous because I've been accused of being that way. I understand there's family members who are grieving that their lives are gone, their lives are taken, right? But their lifestyle, their life decisions, their life choices led to their death. 
Keith Scott was not shot and killed in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2016 because he is a black man. Keith Scott was shot in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2016 because he was an individual. I'm not going to say black or white. He was an individual who posed a threat to law enforcement officers. Now, I know Hillary Clinton's main agenda, uh, uh, so she says, so she can get votes. Her main agenda when she gets in office is police reform. Well, here's the thing. We can reform from A to Z and then backwards. We can reform all of that, but there is no reform that is going to say an officer cannot protect himself against imminent, imminent bodily injury or death. No reform whatsoever. And if they think about coming out with that reform, I assure you there will be police officers leaving that profession in droves. And guess what happens when that occurs? Lawlessness. Crime spikes. It's all going to happen because police are not going to want to do that job. I'm surprised police still want to do that job. Well, no, I'm not, because it goes along with the job to deal with people that don't like you. I dealt with it, but it's something that's in their heart. But I assure you, if you start telling them, oh, you can't kill somebody, you have to shoot them to disarm them. You got to shoot them in the leg. You got to shoot them in the arm. You got to use a taser. Even though they got a gun pointed at you, there's going to be a lot of officers leave that profession. And then what? The same people that hate the police so bad when they're getting robbed, when they're getting carjacked, when they're getting raped, when their houses are getting broken into, who are they going to call? Who's the Black Lives Matter president going to call? Who's Al Sharpton going to call? Who's Benjamin Crump going to call? Who are all these rioters? going to call when the stuff hits the fan and there's no police there to protect them. What are they going to do? Protect themselves? Oh, that's right. They're going to ask first. Hey, sir, before I shoot you as my my right as a U.S. citizen, before I shoot you and kill you, I just got to ask, do you have a traumatic brain injury? Oh, what you, you do? Oh, you shot me already, sir. I, I was still asking questions. Oh, sir, before I shoot you, have you ever shot a gun at someone else? Oh, God, sir, you shot me, but I was still asking questions. Oh, sir, before I shoot you, are you, what is your nationality? Oh, sir, you shot me. I was still asking questions. You get it? You get it? I'm telling you, the black community has been hoodwinked. They've been misled for the last eight years. And now we are at the brink of something no one wants to see in this country for race relations. No one wants to see it because there are many people long before me, black and white, get it, black and white, who fought, who died, that everybody had the same rights, the same opportunities Nobody's better than the next person. There are people that fought and died for that, black and white. Don't forget, everyone has the same opportunities in this country. But as long as certain people listen to the crap that is fed to them in the mass media, we'll always have this problem. Here's my challenge 
Here's my challenge to all of those across the country who are posting stupid stuff like, can I go somewhere where black people are loved? And there was one guy who posted a video on Facebook that says, the only good white person is a dead white person. Really? Really? Here's my challenge to you. Take your butts to Chicago and go stand in the streets and ask the Bloods and the Crips, the Gangster Disciples, the MS-13s, ask why they're killing each other. I challenge you to do that. And if you don't get killed yourself, I'll give you kudos. Go ask them. Go protest that. Go hold up a sign that says 500 plus in the city of Chicago. Go do it. And I guarantee you nor the people in Chicago will understand what the heck that sign means. But everyone understands Black Lives Matter, right? Because it's force fed down people's throats because you want to block interstates. You want to disrupt businesses. You want to just do stupid stuff, but not understand what's going on and not hold the people accountable for their own actions. Hoodwinked, misled. Yes, I said it. Yes, I know the hate mail is going to come. I get it once a week. I get it every time I'm on Fox. I get called all kind of stuff. But my point is this. And this is what I'll equate it to, right? So it's okay for black people to use, and I'm going to say it, the word nigger, right? It's cool unless, unless someone white calls us a nigger. It's cool. Nigga this, nigga that. I can't tell you how many women I haven't dated because they like to use the N word and I don't associate myself with that, but it's cool. Nigga this, nigga that, but God forbid a white person calls a black person a nigger, then all hell's going to break loose, right? So it's the same thing. It's okay for 500 black men to kill 500 black men in Chicago, but God forbid one white person doing their job and being forced into doing it kills a black person, then the, all hell breaks loose and it all hits the fan, right? Hoodwinked, misled, bamboozled. All right, enough about that. I can go on and on and on and on, and you can see how I get heated up about it because it's senseless. But it's time for roll call, and it would only be fitting to look at some officers shot and killed in the line of duty, none other than Charlotte, North Carolina. And I want to take this time to honor Officer Jeffrey Shelton and Officer Sean Clark, both of Charlotte Police Department, killed April 1st, 2007. They were responding to a disturbance at a housing project. They had cleared that call. They encountered an individual, a black man, who had nothing to do with the disturbance. They talked to him for a second, turned their backs. He shot them both in the back, and they died. Two white officers killed by a black man in the city of Charlotte. Remember the city where the protests are going on because another armed black man was shot and killed by a black police officer. So that goes back to what I say. Policing by no means is easy. And for those that want to protest, know the facts. There are people that want to do police harm 
for whatever reason. Now think about it. This happened in 2007, long before this BS Black Lives Matter movement, long before Trayvon Martin, long before Michael Brown, long before Keith Scott, long before Eric Gardner, long before all of these names. There were people out there who wanted to do police harm and look no further than these two officers that I just named in the city of Charlotte to prove that. Go ask their families if their lives didn't matter. But hey, I want to thank you for listening. I got to go. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. You catch me next week right here, RadioInfluence.com, immediately after, available for downloads on iTunes. Thank you and good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous sports babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.